forever. Eternity. You don't need people anymore. Nothing you can do about it. Content. Nothing you can do. Content. You will be mashed up, cut up, repackaged for someone else's need. And the world's largest media company <laughs> creates no content. Yeah, we're not producing the content. Um, we're allowing users to, to share. I hereby declare this to be an unlawful assembly. I want to know what they're talking about amongst themselves. And I want to spread that content to the people who aren't this content yet. It's normal for some things to come to your attention. And we're back for another episode of Are We Content? Where I'm your host. They call me Mr. X indeed, but you can call me Chud. All right, listen, it is Christmas time once again. It seems to come around every year or so, and we... All have our ups and downs with Christmas. It is a stressful time for a number of reasons, but there's also a lot of joy to be found. I know as a child, I spent a lot of time watching television and on television this time of year, there were all kinds of Christmas specials, Christmas movies, and all that kind of stuff. So really tonight, I just want to have a fun conversation. So why don't we just get into it? Welcome to Are We Content? Tonight with me, we have our resident skeptic, as always, Moral Bob is here. But tonight we also have Matt T from the Great Deception Podcast. Matt, how are we doing tonight? Great, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an honor, yeah, man. man. Been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. I, I I got you guys on debaters, but yeah, I I love doing this kind of stuff. And when you said Christmas movies, I'm like, I am all in. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I've I've been for the last, you know, as soon as Thanksgiving rolls around, I just wa I'm watching one a day, basically. Right. And oh, it, there's so least, many. Yeah. And nowadays with streaming, like you don't you don't have to seek it out. You don't have to wait for it to come on TV and you don't have to go to a video store. You can just sit there and scroll through a dozen different apps. And each one has, you know, 50 Christmas movies and specials. See, that's what I miss about cable, though. Like, I miss cable this time of year because you would accidentally watch a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, because they're just playing stuff. So you just turn it on, and at any given day, on any given time, there's some badass freaking Christmas movie playing. And so you can watch Miracle on 34th Street. You could watch freaking, uh, uh, what am I trying wonderful to Wonderful Life. Uh, yep. Yeah. They're, they're all Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, like, Die Hard. You gotta have play, Die Hard all of the christmas movies <laughs> yeah. bob you're describing my day in a nutshell I, I you know i work from <laughs> home so in the background i find whether it's Freeform or amc or one of those channels that's playing christmas movies and throw them on in the background all day and just it's, leave it there yeah it's just noise but you're absolutely right there's you know and the great thing about it is there's such a wide variety you know you mm -hmm. can go back to the black and whites then you get into like the claymation era um, then you get into the oh, actual good. cartoons with like the peanuts and stuff. Then you start getting into the child actor movies mm -hmm. and then it moves as we get later into like more adult, um, you know, run Christmas. Right. Movie. Well, as I found when I was, uh, I don't know, 18, 20, somewhere in there as I got, I was really, really, really into horror films and I started finding the horror subgenre of Christmas films, Christmas horror, <laughs> which there were quite a few, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's like one that a lot of people have seen. And it's six sequels. <laughs> there's at least there's at least five sequels, maybe even six. Uh, they go on and on. But I found this one movie at one point. It became a Christmas tradition from like 
18 to 25. I'd make all of my I'd make all of my friends watch this movie called Christmas Evil. You guys ever heard of Christmas Evil? No. <laughs> it's uh it was a it was a horror film by Troma uh that was starring this guy Brandon Margot who is um Fiona Apple's father of all people. <laughs> and it was this really twisted movie. It started out in the past in like the 40s and he was a little child and he was he was arguing with his brother whether or not Santa Claus was real as they had a Santa Claus come and leave presents under their their tree and they saw it. But then as they argue, he goes downstairs and he sees Santa Claus making it with his mother because it was really his dad in a, in a costume. Right. But it upsets him so much that he breaks his favorite snow globe and starts cutting his hand. Oh, shit. This kid's fucked up. <laughs> then it scoots ahead to modern time, like 1980. And he is uh, working in a toy factory, a really shitty toy factory, like on a line, an assembly line. And uh, he is absolutely obsessed with Christmas. And you come to realize that it's not Christmas time, but he has all this Christmas stuff. Furthermore, he's spying on all the children in the neighborhood and keeping a book of all the good little boys and girls and what they want. And he's going to deliver them gifts. But then you find out he also has the book of bad little boys and girls. And he's been collecting this for a long time. And now finally the year has come where he's going to, he gets like fired from his job and he's down at the bottom. So he dresses up like Santa paints his, his windowless panel van as a sled and goes around and delivers toys to all the good boys and girls, but the bad boys and girls, they all get it. <laughs> it was uh, quite the film, it, like a real shocker because it, um, I don't know, especially for me, I'd watch so many Christmas movies, just like anybody else. You know, there's always this like magical error about things, but this one kind of threw all of that to the side. And of course there were tons more, but uh, I don't want to focus on those dark ones too much. Um, what, uh, what are your guys' favorite Christmas movies? Ooh, if you had to pick I'm, just, if you could only see one this year, I mean, Matt, you've Elf. already watched a bunch. Uh, mine's, but... <laughs> always, mine's always Elf, man. Elf is just Elf such is a, fucking good. It's such a catch-all great fucking movie, just stem to stern. Yeah, uh, you know, you get the claymation in there because the, you know <laughs> there's the part with the freaking Norwal and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's just the perfect Christmas movie. It really is. It's hilarious and all that stuff with like spaghetti with Skittles on it. <laughs> shit like yeah. that. Oh, my son loves that, that one. <laughs> Does syrup have sugar in it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Well, that seems to be the th- the thing with the Christmas movies, like. I, you know, adults seem to enjoy them as much as the kids. You know, you go from like my four go tos are Christmas Vacation, Mm. Home Alone, Christmas Story and Elf. Right. I mean, those you can't go wrong with any four of those for like kind of a family sit down, enjoy it kind of movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They're good for everyone. You know, it doesn't matter if you're if you're just a little child or if you're if you're uh, a sour old bastard like we are, <laughs> uh, they'll all they'll all make you smile and laugh because they're because those are all genuine comedies on their own. A Christmas right. Story is another one that hits in that in that realm for me. Uh, that was a Bob Clark film, which wasn't his only. Uh, I'm going to keep bringing it back to horror. I'm sorry. I just know too many of them. <laughs> uh, that wasn't his only Christmas film. His first Christmas film 
was the Canadian classic Black Christmas. You guys ever see that? No. Oh man, man it's a start starring John Saxon. Oh, it's it's a it's a classic film. It's good. It's like 78, 79, something like that. And uh yeah, it's about a, a fraternity of girls. It's uh, spoiler alert. Sorry, it's a real old movie, but it's the the plot of the movie is all summed up with the killer is calling from inside the house. And uh it all takes place at Christmas, lots of Christmas music. That's what kind of set him in that Christmas direction. So I've heard. And uh, later he was, as he made more family friendly films, he was like, I, I should take another stab at Christmas stuff. And that's where that one came in. A Christmas story. Yeah. Christmas story is a classic, man. And we just broke it down on conspiracy theater 3000. Oh, did you? Cool. Or not. We did watch along. Um, I'm pretty, I'm disappointed yeah. in you, Bob. You missed one key conspiracy in that movie. In Ralphie's room, on his dresser, there's a globe. Uh, uh, see, I, I don't even, like, they're always there. Mm-hmm. That's what so, I'm saying. It's like, like every the globe kid's... is in every single show, all of them. It's it all truly them. is. I, yeah. I make it a point. I always say propaganda the second there's a globe on the screen. And, uh, you know, my family gets annoyed at it because they know what I'm saying. <laughs> And they hear it so often because seriously, not a, not a movie can go by. It's uh, if, if nothing else, it's a universal film. So you get it right at the beginning, <laughs> you know? Well, but- to, to bring that into the Christmas uh, movie idea in um, fuck, it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. He says he'd throw a lasso around the moon and pull it down. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which means it's right there right there mm-hmm. yep. right mm-hmm. there and yeah. that movie right there bob it's a wonderful life that's one where the first like night that we have snow coming down outside i, I you know open up the shades throw it's a wonderful life on shut all the lights it's off in the house the movie. christmas trees on and watching it it's uh, so, so good. good and i oh. didn't see you know the other classic which is a miracle on 34th street i didn't see that until i was in my 30s Oh, for the wow. first time, you know, I just kind of was like, ah, oh, fucking stupid cliche, freaking Christmas movie. And so I just did, I I purposefully didn't watch it. And then one year I was in my 30s and I was like, all right, fine, whatever. It's on. I'll watch it. And I was like, oh, shit, this movie's really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a really good fucking movie. What was that? What's the basic plot of that one? I haven't seen that one forever. Is that the one where the little girl is friends with Santa Claus, but she doesn't know it's him? Right. And he's yes. working in an apartment store. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, all those old ones. Of, of the older stuff, it's not nearly as old as that, but the um, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer claymation special. That we had that, we'd recorded that off TV on a VHS. And <laughs> we watched nice. that one every year, multiple times. Burl Ives did the music. You know, we all sang along to all of the songs on there. That one, Frosty. Frosty yep. the Snowman. The heat miser. Uh, So many good. Rudolph was another one that that was claymation. They did the Rudolph version. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, there was like the Jack Frost. I have a I have a DVD set with a bunch of those claymation movies. There's one about a New Year's baby. Um, They were all kind of the same. Yeah, they were all kind of like the same, the same studio probably made all of them. Right. 
And uh, well, yeah, like well, the DVD like I have is super people cheap. People that did certain things of that time, that was like who did it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you probably had a certain stop motion, you know, production company. Right. Just like anything that had puppets for like two decades was Jim Hansen. Like yeah. Anything with puppets. Well, like, and, you know, those marionette shows in the 60s were were huge, too. Like mm-hmm. before Jim Henson times where they were just marionettes like uh, uh, Team America, the South Park guys movie, <laughs> like it's like parodying that kind of stuff. But, you know, my dad told me the first time I ever brought up Kim Trails was a long, long time ago. It was before I knew shit about shit. It was that I heard the term seeding the clouds. And I said, hey, dad, what does seeding the clouds mean? And he said, oh, when I was a kid there, they had a marionette show that was all about a guy who saved towns by getting into his airplane and seeding clouds and and stopping droughts. And that that was like a regular what? thing that he watched as a kid in the in the, wow. you know, that would have been 50s, not 60s. Really? Yeah, because yeah, he was born in like 49. So maybe maybe early 60s at, at best. And it was just. Ah one of those shows <laughs> as far as he was right. concerned and and within that too he said but that has been debunked since then so no one would do anything like that now <laughs> but that was that was right. 25 years ago that he said that i'm sure his position hasn't changed <laughs> well chuck what is your absolute top favorite christmas movie my absolute top my absolute top is probably home alone I yeah. love Home Alone. It's, I was I was the age. I'm I'm a little younger than either of you guys. I was exactly Kevin McAllister's age when that movie came out, and I saw it in the theater, and I was just blown away. It was like all me and everyone at school were talking about for the weeks up to Christmas that year. We all went on my and friend's birthday after, and then every year after, absolutely. It was an instant classic. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Just... You had to get the VHS. Like I remember, I remember there was a delay on the VHS because it was supposed to. You were supposed to be able to get it for Christmas, and you couldn't. There were so mm. many orders; it got back ordered and pushed out, mm-hmm. and people were pissed. But yeah, that was one of those that I'm with you, Chud. My all-time favorite, and if I want to get in the Christmas spirit, it's Home Alone all yep. day. We watched Dude. that on the day after Thanksgiving here. Yep, we I, I even kind of like the sequels here. They even made a new one last year or the year before that I was skeptical of, but we watched it and it was it was pretty good. Really? Yeah, it was it was it's decent. You know, it's okay. not it's not it doesn't compare to the original. Well, of course, Ryan not. was talking about three has like this like CIA like military yeah. ops feel to it, and I yeah. was like, I haven't. Even, I gave up once Macaulay Culkin was out. I was out. I'm like, dude, yeah. I, Right, why fuck with it after that? Those aren't great. I only have watched the third and fourth ones because we got a DVD set or Blu-ray set or whatever that included those. And it was like, well, you know, we have them. Might as well watch them. And yeah, one of them, it's a different kid and he's got an RC car that has a microchip in it that was supposed to go to some mob people or something. Maybe it was CIA, something like It's one that I only watched once. But the newer one, it had um, what was his brother's name? Um, his 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 girlfriend, something girlfriend. Oh, Oof. Buzz. Buzz. Buzz is in it. Uh, that same actor. Get He's out. Buzz. Dude. He's playing a cop, and the reason that the 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 events unfold the way they do is because a kid 
calls in that I'm home alone and it's Christmas. And he says, Hey, don't do it. It's my brother. He, we did that to him back in 1990. And he calls in a fake report every year to try and fuck with me because he's a cop. <laughs> so, so the cops aren't responding to a break-in, which is all just a misunderstanding, but it's got, um, it's got genuine humor. It's like on that, not on the elf level of, or Christmas vacation, right. but, but it's like, you know, stand up comics are in it and you know, it, it'll, it'll actually make you laugh. Yeah. It's, it's in the canon for me for, for Christmas movies. I'll probably put on every year. Yeah. And we can't not talk about Christmas vacation because Christmas that's, vacation. that's oh. Chevy chase at the height of Chevy chase. Yes, it is. Oh, Chevy chase is perfect in that film and all the insanity. And, but, He's not the best one in the film, not by a long <laughs> shot, because you got Randy fucking Quaid. <laughs> Shitter's full. <laughs> He's so good. He is the king of one-liners <clears throat> in that movie. You oh, know? it's so good. I mean, dude, he he kills it. And I mean, even you got to give Beverly D'Angelo credit. She plays mm-hmm. great role in there. Um, you know, even the parents. And then going down to Todd and Margot, the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so well casted and played. It's a perfect it's movie. Perfect. Yeah. It yeah. is It is 100% perfect. Like, all, all the stuff with the Christmas lights and it not working, then trying to check every bulb while it was the one switch down in the basement that was that was causing it all. And when he's messing with all the Christmas lights and he hit grabs the gutter, and the ice shoots down and out into those neighbors. <laughs> oh, dude, the neighbors destroys the their their stereo or TV oh, or something they like just that. Keep getting fucked up. Oh man, so <laughs> he goes, he goes. Where are you gonna put that tree, Griswold? <laughs> he goes, Why don't you bend <laughs> over and I'll show you. He goes, oh, you can't talk to me like that. He goes, I wasn't talking to you. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. He just doesn't give a oh. fuck. Or oh, even the whole- when they go. When they go to get the tree. Yeah, I was going to say the whole tree hunt. Russ goes to him. He goes, Dad, that's not going to fit in our house. He goes, it's not going in our house, Russ. It's going in our living room. (laughs) Oh, so many good lines in that. The whole vacation series, all that National Lampoon's vacation stuff was was pretty great. Now, we skipped over it. I want to back up just one sec because we talked about Home Alone. And I mentioned to you guys I wanted to talk about uh, the Dial Code Santa film, uh, which was from 1989. I, I got it up here so I'd get the name right. Its actual title is 3615 Code Pierre Noel. And uh, that was a movie that was made in 89, uh, a, few, a little before uh, Home Alone. Was Home Alone 1990? Yeah. Was it 91? Um, I've heard it broken down from people over time that there's absolutely no way that John Hughes was unaware of this film because while we all don't know it for the most part, it was pretty big in France and it won awards and John Hughes like would have even been at the awards ceremonies at which this movie won awards, but it wasn't, it was a Christmas film, but not, not a comedy and not a family friendly one, even for that matter, as it was about a killer Santa. It's got that weird name because that code was the code you used to access the internet from these uh, like mall kiosks of public uh, internet usage, like computer usage back in 1989. And this kid goes looking for Santa Claus on there and Santa Claus replies. 
And Santa Claus says, yeah, I'll come to your house. What's your address? But it turns out that he's a psycho. And it's um, it's just like Home Alone in that it turns into a cat and mouse game with this guy, this kid trying to protect his grandfather who's diabetic and dying uh, from this killer Santa Claus who comes in. And there's some really tragic shit. There's several murders in it, uh, including he stabs the kid's dog to death. So warning to anyone thinking (laughs) of checking this out, there is a dog death and it is um, it's, it's in front of the child. So it's, it's really heart wrenching Uh, overall. It's a pretty good movie. It's much lower budget. It's very different. But the reason that I want to bring up that it was remade is it's, it's actually, a much more moral film than, than uh, home alone, in my opinion, because it's about this kid whose family isn't home, just his grandfather. He's in a huge mansion. He sets all these traps, all that stuff. Right. But he is fighting for the life of his grandfather and trying to protect his grandfather. And he loves his mother so much. He loves his family. His whole, the whole movie is about this kid's love for his family and his and him trying to save his family as and then when it got remade here if we can call it a remake i don't know um it goes to kevin McAllister, who says i hate my family i mean he doesn't say that directly but he wishes his family would just go away and then it's like this whole it's it's got this like bumbling comedy aspect as far as the violence goes which is you know fine uh but it doesn't really address the fact that these are like bad criminals that are trying to, 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 I, I want to say kill a kid, but I'm, I'm, I'm conflating the two movies. <laughs> They're not I trying mean, to kill him. They're just trying to the rob. idea that they want to kill him in the end, you know, after, after he's done everything that he's done to them, they, sure. they are wanting to hurt him. Hardened criminals yeah, they have like him that. in the kitchen, in the Murphy's house. When they got him yep. pinned to the wall, they're talking about killing him. Yeah, yep. it yeah. takes it. It takes it as far, but it's like it's done in this way. There was even um, Sarah Silverman program. You guys ever watch that? Uh, mm-hmm. She did a Home Alone episode. I, I recommend checking it out. It's before she went woke. Um, really? Okay. And she she attempts to recreate the scene with the with the paint cans. And she swings it down the stairs and hits someone in the head and kills them. And then she tries to sue John Hughes and the Home Alone franchise for misdirecting her. (laughs) Um, She thought that it was supposed to be funny, not kill people. But, you know, that's the that's the movie in a nutshell. He's doing all these things that like, you know, he's he's trying to hurt those people. Those people are trying to hurt him. Right. But that's never really addressed. And it's and it's a feel good movie overall. I'm not trashing the movie. But, um, you know, just to, to, to juxtapose that next to the French film, uh, Dial Code Santa, where he, you know, I mean, it's all about his love for his family versus the other one is about his dislike for his family. Right. Yeah. Um, my favorite, my favorite conversation, like part in the movie is probably when he's talking to the old man in the church. And the yes. old man saying oh. that he's a he's afraid to call his son, and McAllister looks at him and he goes, "Well, just call him. Mm-hmm. Then you won't have to worry about. It. You'll know one way or another. You're gonna know, and then you won't have to worry about it anymore." Yeah, um, I think it's this great piece of the movie that's 
mildly it's just overlooked and they put it in there for a reason right and then they show show at the end when he looks out the window and his son is there and they're going inside and that's not a real big part of the movie it's this kind of just thing on the side Mm -hmm. but i think it's a very very pinnacle part of kevin McAllister's transition it truly is. It's a, it's the heart wrenching moment. You know, if you're going to get, if you're going to squeeze a tear out of me on that movie, it's, it's at that point part. Yeah, Cause like that, the idea of a tragic relationship like that, where, you know, he, I think he says that I, I said some things that were, that were very mean and I, I didn't mean them, but once I said them, I couldn't take them back. And here it is. I don't remember if they said it was like 10, 15 years later and he hadn't talked to him that whole time. And then the innocence of Kevin McAllister just to be like, just call him. Just do that. Yeah. And then you see at the end, he's so happy with his family. Yeah. And he's also the one who saves Kevin in between. Right. Yeah, their relationship is is cool to watch. Like he's terrified, steals the toothbrush because he gets scared yeah. when he slams his hand down on the counter and it's all bloody and shit and mm-hmm. he freaks out and runs and steals the toothbrush and that great scene where he's running from the cop Plus, oh. buzz has that whole story <laughs> at the beginning too of that was it that he killed his family or something it's like that south bend shovel slinger yeah yeah <laughs> so that yeah, gets a bucket of is... salt's got his his victims in the bottom of it which is and classic right the there for 80s and 90s kids having those rumors you know every neighborhood had them every every neighborhood had that one house it was usually probably the oldest house the old farmhouse that's on the block or whatever well all the new houses were were put on the old farmland and then yeah it's it's got everybody talking thinking about it And, and then you look at like buzz's room buzz's room was such a 90s kids room Totally. You know, he had toys, he had playboys, he had fireworks, he had, you know, a plethora of stuff, you know, the, the BB guns and the, the little sports action figures. It's 90s was such a kids had such a wide variety of toys. It wasn't just narrowed down to electronics. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, we you had everything. And he did. He had his baseball card tin that had a, had his secret stash in it. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. it's so yeah, yeah, it was pretty much a clone of my room <laughs> from that yeah. era. <laughs> I feel like everybody had those shitty shelves right. that would fall. Oh, yeah, totally. The wind blew too hard. Uh huh. Oh, that's all good stuff. Good times, man. What a better time. What a better fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, man, going through like the 80s and 90s, I was like, this is terrible. And then looking back, I'm like, God, I would take that time back any day. Even the Christmas experience was different, right? I mean, Uh like, I I, I, and I didn't do it a lot because I was mainly a teenager, but the whole Christmas shopping experience, going to the mall and, you know, actually getting out of the house and doing things and, you know, having to sneak off and hide your presents from the people that you bought them from. And mm-hmm. it was like, now it's just like, uh, yeah, I'll order an Amazon. They'll deliver it to my front door. The box has my name on it. Don't touch it. You know, yeah. it's. Yeah. It, I saw, I saw a, a short video a couple of days ago of a kid opening their Christmas present and it's in an Amazon, they take the paper off and it's an Amazon box and they, look super sad and they look up and they're like santa shops on amazon (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) sure does 
But yeah, I mean, you had toy stores, right? The the mm-hmm. Toys R Us. I mean, they're I heard they're starting you to hear come back. Toys R Us is coming back. Yeah, yeah but dude. that was like you know that was there was all that you know and, and even in Home Alone, you know, Catherine O'Hara says it's the season of perpetual hope. And you know, as a kid, that's the way I always felt about Christmas. You know, you're going into the winter, but it was this bright time of the year. It didn't matter because you always had either Christmas lights or. You know, you were going to somebody's house and it there was just this aura about well, Christmas. That you know, that's that's the thing about Christmas is it's our darkest time of the year. It really like literally it's, you know, yeah. uh, it's three it's days after three days after our our darkest day. And uh, I, I spent a long time being really anti-Christmas in my teens and, and 20s. You know, I was watching the horror movies, but not the specials. Uh, and I was absolutely disgusted by consumerism and all these things. And I just thought, you know, fuck Christmas. But, uh, as I got older and I was, I was learning about things like, uh, like Brumalia, which is similar to Saturnalia. Uh, it's like an ancient celebration that would happen. People estimate that it would happen on the 25th of December as the sun would start coming back as there was a notable sky watchers could see that the day was getting a little bit longer and that would trigger a massive celebration and a feast. They would have saved some food from the, from their harvest that was specific for when the sun comes back and all this kind of stuff. And it's gone on forever, but here we are in modern times and we get to our darkest time, but there's more brightness than we ever give in that we put Christmas lights up on our house we, we keep our houses nice and warm. We invite guests over. We share large meals. Like we find this, um, I, I feel like it's a deeper part of humanity to feel a celebration around the 25th of December. That's like, it's not even necessarily the concept of in quotes Christmas, but just this, this need to feel good in our darkest times. Right. That was a, that was a real turning point for me. <laughs> well, the twenty fifth is the rebirth of the sun, right? Because it mm-hmm. starts moving again. Right. Uh-huh. That's what they say. I I believe it, but I've not been able to observe that myself. I'm hoping to this year. Um, I'm watching as many sunrises. I can't see sunsets this time of year very well, but I really want to see that. Like it reaches this point and stays right there. If I could have three. The 21st, 2nd, and 3rd. If those days we had clear skies and I could watch those three sunrises and really verify that, and then the next day be able, and then another clear day and be able to be like, yep, it moved back a little ways. It's getting longer. Yep. Yeah, because I remember when I first started observing the sun moving in its path and going, wait a minute, okay, I'm, I'm okay. Like really started watching it. And it clearly moves north and south and goes in a in a curved trajectory over us. Like that's why I think they swapped everything. I think that Easter is supposed to be New Year's and Christmas is supposed to be um, uh, Easter. Like I think whether or not the events in the Bible sure. actually happened, that it's the idea of the sun, the sun, the son of God, maybe the sun dying down three days rising again, coming back and all that kind of stuff. While it makes so much more sense to call our new year around April 1st, uh, 
around that time as right. as life is really coming back into things and you know they say that they they swapped that out with april fool's day because it was a it was a, a punk on on all the all the christians well, it was, well all the it pagans a, a punk on every like a king that changed the, the calendar right and and made new year's january 1st and then if you continue to go against the king and celebrate the new year on april 1st you were a fool okay we're gonna get punished yeah yeah and that's supposed i mean who knows where any of these fucking stories come from right um whether or not that's reality but that's that's the most prominent one that i've heard is that it was changed by some powerful fucking person yeah Um, well our calendars are all askew we've talked about it before bob you know i think we're supposed to have 13 months I think they're all supposed to be 28 days. I think it's much more connected to the moon than the sun, than the, than all of that kind of stuff that we're supposed to, supposed to be a little, a little more fluid and more based on the moon. Yeah. I'm supposed to have this guy on uh, master debaters here in January uh, that created his own calendar. Oh, cool. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, he based it off of five seasons. Um, So and well, it, see, I think seasons are a fabrication at this point. Mm. Well, it's yeah, no, no, he broke it up into equal. It's all equal. It's it's uh, mm. whatever equal months, equal seasons. You know, everything's into segmented uh, parts. Right. I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Yeah, you know, because anything but what we're doing now is right. Because even when it comes down to like the fiscal calendar. They go by April 1st. Right. Isn't that interesting? It's one of those that it it makes no sense. And it's all to fuck us up, right? It's all all just to fuck us up. Exactly. But in that, we can't forget to like the things that are there. Christmas movies being one of them. Like, they fuck with us all the time. But yeah, we still get some good shit out of it. Well, of course, they got to trickle the good shit, right? (laughs) <laughs> what about I was just and I was just watching it recently and one and it I had never watched it from this perspective, but I did the old um, Operation Red Pill way of looking at things and just flipping it and saying, OK, mm-hmm. now what if the Grinch is the good guy and the Who's are the bad people? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy shit, this is a this movie could be a total inversion because they're kind of stuck in the Matrix, Right. They're in this little prison town where everybody has to go through the motions and do everything. And they're they're deep into consumerism. They're maxing out their credit cards for Christmas. You know, they're just getting gluttonous and going over the top with decorations. Whereas this guy is kind of off in isolation. He's living off the scraps. He's living off nature in a cave with his dog. And, you know, they're trying to keep he he they don't want him in they don't want him part of the team but then when they bring him in now you get involved in the ed- they have the education system that they bring in but then when they bring him in they just gluttonize and and you know almost kill the poor bastard with overwhelming him with their ways yeah you know and, my and son pull him in my son told me that there's a theory that the who came into that area and took it over and killed all the Grinches. That's um, kind yeah, of what I'm loner. getting at. Yeah, like yeah. this is this like, is like an inversion. And that's why he stays away from the Who, are because the Who killed all of his people, and he's the last one left. 
I saw it as, yeah, the, the Grinch was a native and the Who's were the colonizers. Yes. Right? They, they come in and they do exactly what the colonizers do. And they, you know, the Grinch is okay to live outside, but if he's going to live with us, he has to be one of us, right? He can't live his way in our place. And it was, it's very symbolic, you know, when I was mm -hmm. looking at it from, and I never watched it from the reverse perspective, I was like, holy shit, this is real different way to watch this movie. Well, listen yeah. to, listen to the Grinch song. And it's just like, it's like, you're a stink, stank, stunk. Like, it's yeah. like, maybe, maybe he's an asshole because you're so shitty to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You're on, you're not saying anything nice. Maybe, maybe you guys have shrunk his heart by two sizes. <laughs> not that he was just born that way. <clears throat> right. <laughs> yeah because they they certainly hate him i uh, that's another one that gets played a lot around here is the grinch man that movie is on all the time what do you guys well, think a of the remake? versions too because they came out with that cartoon version that's not too bad either a couple years ago yeah the jim I like carrey that version's one. legit too man yes i'm watching that right i got it on the background right now oh cool yeah, yeah i've, I've seen one. that one only once the the jim carrey one that's the feel one too memory uh, should I, I rewatch that one? Watch that one it's and worth... watch it just how we were talking. Yeah. About like look look at and and the who's are so cringy when you watch it that way. Oh, You're like so oh, the only one that is based at all is Cindy Lou. She's the right. only one who's like, guys, this is so wrong. You guys are all wrapped up in buying and everything. And it's not about that. It's about connecting with him and bringing him in. And they're like, no, no. Yeah, we can't. it's they're very vain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch that one. I did see the new, the animated one that came out. Yeah, just a couple of years ago, and I thought that was pretty good. It's yep. solid. It was. It was in that in that zone. I'm gonna definitely watch that one at some point here. The original my, was my youngest son is obsessed with dog characters and cartoons right now. So, and I've, if I recall, they did a great job with Max the dog in that one. Max oh, is yeah. awesome in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And like you were saying, Bob, though the original Grinch cartoon. That was one of my go-tos as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was yeah. right up there with Rudolph and, yep. and Frosty. Like, that was one of those old school ones that was always Well, they would do it on, it was like every Friday, they would do it on, I think it was CBS. They would have, you know, from 8 to 10, they'd have four of them, you know, and, and they'd rotate them every, every other week as to what you'd get to see. So one week it'd be you know, uh, Rudolph and Frosty and uh, what was the other one that they had? I don't even know, but, you, and they break it up into these segments and it'd be great. Cause you know, if you figured out how to set the VCR, you might actually record them and get to watch it more than once. If not, <laughs> you're Oh man, you're blowing the minds of all the okay. young people that don't even know <laughs> that you couldn't just, you'd have to wait for shit to come out. Right. You had to wait for it. Mm -hmm. Or you had to buy a VHS or something. You know, Instant gratification has destroyed that everybody that. had. Yeah, man. It, like there was in this anticipation, right? Like you couldn't just watch The Grinch in July, really. Like you had to wait until it came on, um, you know, or whatever, because not everybody had DVD or CD players or and not unless you were VHS. rich buying VHS because VHS tapes were kind of expensive, you know, in yeah, the 80s. Right. Like it, they didn't get cheap until the nineties. Most right. anything that we had was, was dubbed off TV. 
Yep. We would we would watch it and we would sit there with the remote and try and hit pause and cut out the commercials. And then like years later, it was cool watching some of those back. We'd miss a, a segment of commercials. And you'd see these commercials that were a few years old and it would be all nostalgic. Like, oh my God, I forgot about these Twix ads, <laughs> you know, or whatever they were advertising. Dude, there's there's a toy store in I don't know if it, I know it's a chain, but uh, upstate New York where my grandparents lived and every Thanksgiving when we went up there, they would just play this Hills toy store. And there was this theme, this jingle, and I still know it to this day. And it goes, according to legend, little folks know Hills is where the toys are. And it was these little elves that sung it and it got in your head. And I could say it to my sister this, to, to this day, I go, hey, Hills, and she'll and sing the jingle. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, Man, but that's what they used to do back then. That's how they reeled you in. And mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. these these shops had to bring you in because there was no other way to keep their business going. Now right. they're lazy. Well, that was part of what we were talking about. The Christmas in the 80s and 90s was so different than it is today because there was a going out aspect to the buildup, not just on Christmas or any of that, just the whole that Thanksgiving to Christmas time, which was another aspect too, is it was a little bit shorter. And I remember when I was a kid, adults complaining that Christmas was coming too soon because it would start the day after Thanksgiving. And I'd be like, no, that's not too soon. But now, like you go to you go to Lowe's and in in like October, it's like not even Halloween. And they're already starting to load up the fake Christmas trees and crap like that. They really shove it down your throats. So the consumer aspect's oh, still there in stores, yeah. but it's just it's just different. It's it's not um you know, it's a thing between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was like, now you got to start thinking, how many gifts do you need to buy? Who are they? You, you start making a list of like who you need to get gifts for and all that kind of stuff. And Did I remember when Black Friday wasn't a thing? Nope. Right. Didn't exist. Right. That wasn't a thing until what? Maybe the early 2000s? Early to, late 90s, early 2000s, Maybe I want to say. late 90s. Yeah. Late 90s. Dude. This isn't quite a Christmas movie, but I saw a movie in the theater last month that had an amazing Black Friday scene in it. It was called Thanksgiving. You guys hear of it? Movie called no. Thanksgiving. It's about Thanksgiving. It had Tim Dillon. Um, Tim Dillon was in it. It was a really? horror film. <laughs> and uh, the first like 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, was all this Black Friday scene. It started on... on um, Thanksgiving night and everyone's having their dinner, but these people have to leave early because they got to get to the department store because they've got Black Friday starts on Thanksgiving night at midnight. And uh, Tim Dillon is a security guard trying to hold all these people. People are just going fucking crazy for Black Friday. He's promising everyone you'll get your waffle maker, I swear. <laughs> and long story short, they end up uh, pushing through the barricade, knocking down Tim Dillon, breaking through the glass. People cut their throats open on the glass and people die. It's like a black Friday massacre. And then it's one year later. And now a guy's dressing up like a pilgrim and taking out all the people who would be responsible for that, for that black Friday event. It was wow. pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. Very comical. It probably helped that I ate mushrooms before I went to the theater, but <laughs> that always I, I had, I laughed my ass off hurt. the entire, that entire black Friday scene. So Plus, I'd never seen Tim Dillon in a movie before that. If, if we're in the Christmas theme here, what's a go-to Christmas song? Oh, 
you're asking the wrong guy, but I got a hundred answers for you. <laughs> I know the one I okay. never want to hear, and I hear it way too much. And it's fucking Mariah Carey. Oh, oh dude, yeah. that's the worst. Oh, God, it is that's the worst. worst Christmas yes. song. I hate it. And everybody just loves Mariah Carey's Christmas album and just plays it all the time. And I think it's terrible. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm uh I am a huge fan of the residents and the residents are a very obscure band no one knows who's in the band even though they've been around for over 50 years now but they actually started as a christmas band and their first really? album is called santa dog and santa dog got re-recorded over and over again through the years i just saw them last i took my son to see them live last march and they even played santa dog at that santa dog is by far and beyond my favorite christmas song but you're asking the wrong guy because no one listening to this has ever heard Santa Dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't know they started as a freaking Christmas. <laughs> well, they technically, I mean, they weren't That's even called the residents so... yet. That was 1972 Man. that they put out their It's a Christmas card with two seven inch records in it. And it was called Santa Dog. They only made about 100 copies. Uh, they mostly went to friends, but they also sent one to uh, President Nixon and uh, and uh, Captain Beefheart and a few other people with no no return. Nobody nobody responded to it at all. It took them another 25 years before anybody cared what they were doing at all. But if someone yeah. wanted to hear something new and fresh for a Christmas song, Spotify probably has Santa Dog 99. There's going to be a year after most of them. The later it is, the better. So if you find one from like 1999, you'll it, it'll, it, it'll be something like you've never heard before. I'll put it that way. Nice. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. That's... But if you guys want a different um, Christmas suggestion, Christmas music suggestion, you guys like heavy metal? Of course. Uh, Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Okay. He has a solo band just called Halford. His third album, Halford 3 winter songs the whole thing is all christmas songs being played it's basically judas priest playing songs like we three kings and oh come all ye faithful and oh, all nice. these it's and what? they're just they're elegantly done they're oh, they're yeah. they're they're great it's it's a great album i, I highly recommend it have y'all heard of a trans-siberian orchestra yes, yes. yeah yeah it's like they that but heavy that metal album. yeah trans-siberian and uh Mannheim steamrollers another one that's in that yeah that yep yeah those three those three albums like those are what i'm going to throw on when i have family over you know i just keep it down low you know it's it's christmasy but it doesn't have to be the stuff that everybody's hearing on the radio 24 hours a day on the build-up right. to christmas you know uh, i i very much dislike christmas music mm -hmm. and i tolerate it very much because yeah. my wife loves it uh-huh and we'll uh, get to a I'm, point and I'm, the other day i think we were listening to christmas music and i said can we put my stuff on and she was like okay and she put on what i usually put on and i said i've been listening to a lot of suicidal tendencies lately hmm. and she kind of looked at me i was like no i'm, I'm being serious <laughs> <Let's>, can <laughs> what's your favorite suicidal album clip? bob oh fuck what's it called i mean the first one is my favorite without a doubt uh, there's i mean prime cuts is their prime greatest cuts. hits album and yeah. and dude it's solid yeah it's i've got solid. that i've got that one on a cd the hand with the finger yep. cut on it yeah yeah 
Yeah, Prime yeah. Cuts is good. It's got all their big hits. It leaves out a few that I wish was on there. Um, but of course, if I had to pick one, it's probably institutionalized. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's that's the one oh, yeah. that really made me fall in love with suicidal. That's uh, that's the first thing I play whenever I pick up a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> they're fucking with me. Oh, that's the name of the album. <laughs> that's the name of the album. Lights, camera, revolution. I, I love that when he when he says, uh, watching TV, I start to cry for no reason. I don't know why. Could it be from messages on my TV, which I'm getting subliminally? <laughs> Propaganda God, of another kind. Uh, yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, dude, that song's Such good shit. I got I got a really funny suicidal tendencies story of that. Me and my cousin were fucking absolutely obsessed with that band in the 90s. And he, on his first car, he got a fucking license plate frame that just said, if you ain't suicidal, you ain't shit. That's all it said. (laughs) So it was like this little thing for suicidal fans to like see and know what it was. And we were smoking weed, driving his car, and a cop pulled up next to him. And he he just did a quick blink of his lights and, and indicated to roll down the window all scared he rolls down his window and the guy's like suicidal tendencies rules man what <laughs> it was awesome and he took no off we took off way. and we're like all sweating because we got it smells <laughs> like weed in the car <laughs> it's like shit that cop not only listens to suicidal but like could recognize that that's what that was because you'd think a cop would see a, a plate like that and be like i'm pulling those boys over there whatever whatever they're into isn't good right and it wouldn't have been if they pulled us over. <laughs> right. That's hilarious, uh, man. So uh Christmas series that I've never really watched. Have you guys seen the Tim Allen stuff, the Santa Claus series? I've seen them. Reluctantly, yes. Yeah, yeah. I started to watch there was a new <laughs> series last year on Disney that was like of the Tim Allen stuff. And I watched the first episode. And I actually kind of liked it. It was kind of poking at woke. Um, you know, he was he was being told he couldn't say that people were bad. Kids aren't bad. They need they need to be encouraged, not discouraged kind of a thing. And he seemed kind of pissed off. But that was just the first episode. So I went back and watched the first of the series and it was it was OK. But it really I know that there's a whole generation just younger than us that that's the Christmas series. Yeah. Caleb yeah, they 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 skipped Home Alone and went straight to Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, the kids yeah. who didn't have Home Alone as a as a pop culture phenomenon, it's like that next round. Yeah, yeah. I was way too old when Santa Claus came out. Yeah. to to be into it. There's um, have you seen the Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell? Yes. Yeah, oh man. no, I haven't seen that. Dude, those are those are really good too. The there's, cover uh, art looks there's good. There's two of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's Kurt Russell. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. Well, and another underrated Christmas movie, Jingle All the Way with Schwarzenegger. Oh, mm. shit, dude. I haven't seen that. I remember the that, name. Years. That's one of those that you, you sit down and watch it now, and it's it's funny. You know, you watch it. It's entertaining. He's trying to uh, get a specific like doll for his son, an action figure. And uh, it's just an adventure of a dad oh, trying yeah, to. Yeah, that's the one that it is. And, and so, sounds here, like it's about going thing, out though. shopping in well, the 90s. Well, here's, a, yep. here's the thing that they pointed out. They go, 
why is it in all of these Christmas movies that these fathers are absent and so shitty and they try and make it up on Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, cause you look at home alone and you know, it's not, not necessarily uh, Kevin's dad, but you know, you look at all the polka guys, they're in that, they'll, they'll fit that mold. Then you go yep. to uh, Tim Allen's character in the Santa Claus, you go to Schwarzenegger and jingle all the way. They're all these, you know, dads that are, you know, mess ups and it's bad like, dads. Yep. That's that nineties, two thousands programming. Yeah. It was in yeah. Hook too, in the movie hook with Robin Williams. Yep. He's an absentee father. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was big in the nineties, the absentee father. Yep. Well, I mean, and think about what was going on, um, you know, slow burn culturally at the time. That was the, the true beginning of the divorce culture. Yes. The divorced parents, mm-hmm. the split families, all of that right. kind of stuff. But, you know, as you've, as, as we've pointed out before, Bob, you know, like that can be shown in old television shows and stuff too. Um, the idea of the, of the, of the crappy father, but it really got turned up. The heat got turned up on that in the nineties for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they got dumbed down a lot in the 90s, you know, like bad dad was more kind of an asshole in the in the late 80s, early 90s. And then he mm-hmm. became a buffoon yes. after that, you know, just this bumbling idiot that couldn't do anything right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, the Breakfast what, what... Club talks about all their parents and how shitty they are. And that yep. was in the 80s. That was so. 80s. Yep. You know, one aspect that we're missing these days when we were talking about watching Christmas movies on TV and having to wait another aspect of television back then and probably still today, but I, I haven't watched real cable in a very long time uh, is all the TV shows would show their Christmas episodes. And those are all available now, but I don't like see which ones are where, you know, like uh, Bob's burgers has had, what five or six Christmas episodes, something like that. Oh, Simpsons has that. had there's had a there's bunch, like fifteen seasons of Bob's Burgers now. So and do they do one every year? Yep. Um. Yes. It's but it's like uh, they don't curate them for you, so you have to flip through it or maybe do a Google search and find out like which season and which episode each thing is. Well, it, it makes it so you have to kind of hunt for it if you want to watch it. Yeah, some okay. of the greatest. Uh, you know, com- uh, Christmas based episodes is in South Park. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Every sure. year they the have happy to... critters Christmas something <laughs> with From all the... the 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 Christmas critters in the woods. And and it turns out that they're all Satanists and all yeah. they need to do is, is sacrifice some blood. <laughs> <laughs> they They kill it every time and every year. I think they have one every year just about so. Yeah, and I mean that's where they got their notoriety. Basically, was that first Christmas episode? Oh yeah, Spirit of Christmas, Christmas was the episode. first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, their first episode was a Christmas episode, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. It uh, was forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> when they were actually using card, they were cutting it all out of cardboard. I was in fucking college. Put it to you that yeah. way. Shit, that was a long time ago, man. Holy I remember God. one with Santa Claus. It might have actually been an Easter episode or something, but Santa Claus is in his sleigh and he's getting shot and like it turns into like an action film. It's like, you've made Santa very angry. <laughs> you shot Santa's balls, I believe was a line in there at some point. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> oh, those, they just yeah. went hard. They didn't give a shit, man. They still do. That's the crazy part. 
they that still new one is hard. great. How they how they haven't been canceled yet is amazing. Mm-hmm. They well, they tried there, to cancel there's a reason back in They're their early probably days. Rockefellers. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to ask yourself that with anyone that's been around as long right. as they have, and especially when they had such a rough start, because people wanted it off the air when it was new. It was worse than Beavis and Butthead were the headlines, you know, like Beavis and Butthead was bad, but now we have South Park and it's showing children and children talking about lesbians and munching carpet and, you know, all these things, which I think is one of the greatest aspects of the show is that you can forget that these are fourth graders. You can like they can you can forget that they're kids at all. And then suddenly they say something and it reminds you, oh, right. These are just kids. This is all right. coming through the filter of the mind of kids. And I remember when it was new, you know, people would say, oh, kids shouldn't be acting like that. And I'm like, yeah, but I was a kid not that long ago. And we were all swearing and talking about lesbians and, you know, all the things that that people were saying was so horrible about it. It was like yeah. it was a shot of reality is the way I saw it at the time. Yeah. Watch Stand By Me. I mean, that oh. was. That's such a good movie. What late early eighties, maybe? Eighties. Was it early eighties? I mean, that movie is that movie's crazy. Yeah. I uh, I watched that with my son about two years ago and he freaking loved it. We're we we should rewatch it again. It was I love it's the intense. soundtrack too. I love that that doo wop music and all of that. I've actually got yeah, a cassette, solid. a cassette tape of the soundtrack to that that was uh, stuck in my Buick before I had a tree crash through it about two years ago. <laughs> Still in there, wherever that car is, in a little <laughs> tiny condensed cube somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> got melted down and turned into something for the government. Well, I, I mean, I'll even go way back. I remember as a real youngster, we got the uh, the Disney. Um, christmas album oh uh, you know an actual oh, record shit. and we put it yeah. on there and it had all the disney songs you know you had the the chipmunks singing their versions of songs you had mickey uh donald and goofy everybody all and we used to play it and i could still you know you hear that sound when the needle hits the record and you just hear that that little pop and then the music comes in it's like oh man i wish i could hear that again you know where's a couple of surprisingly good Christmas episodes from a series that if you guys haven't watched, it's probably going to be surprising that I or anyone else would think it's good, but the DuckTales remake. Yes. They redid DuckTales for like maybe three seasons, five years ago or so. And they're surprisingly great. Uh, It's still Disney. There's plenty of globe propaganda. Yes. Uh, It's, I mean, it's, it's everywhere you look in it. Uh, it's it's propaganda on on high in the way you expect, but they drew more from the comic books, the old Uncle Scrooge comic books, which I read when I was a kid. Um, and they they bring in characters that I remember from the comic books that were never on the TV show back in the day and stuff. And they do a couple of Christmas episodes in there, which are really, really well done because uh, there's this whole subplot throughout the series of that scrooge hates christmas you know he's scrooge classic scrooge uh but you but they slowly reveal why and it has to do with the windigo and it has to do with um 
time travel and all these other cool aspects. I, I won't give it away too much, but it's it's worth seeking those those Christmas episodes out or even that whole series. I, I kind of recommend the whole series. It was it's very nostalgic as well, like just from the old DuckTales. If you guys watched DuckTales in the 80s, um, yeah, it's it's nostalgic to that, but it takes it to a new level. They made the characters much richer and much, much better, much more, much deeper for sure. Like the comic books. That's what I always liked about the comic books of that stuff. It's for one thing, you can understand Donald duck. Uh, so he was like this, this really rich, caring uncle to his nephews and uncle Scrooge was, was um, much more adventure minded. You know, I don't know. It, it, the, the series is pretty good. Nice. Have either of y'all seen the, uh, the disaster that is the star Wars Christmas? No, no, I no. know about it. I very much know about it. I have a neighbor I, who loves it. I think I remember watching it when I was a kid, but I haven't watched it since. And I'm like, I'm like afraid to. That's the one from like the early 80s, right, Bob? Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember it being on. It was on like CBS or something like that. Yep. It was on public television. And yeah, I never saw it. It was it was coveted in video traders circles for a long time because it was on TV People hated it and it just disappeared. So only the people who recorded it and had that, it passed around in the underground for a long time. And it's apparently pretty inept. <laughs> yeah, I've seen clips and it's, it, dude, it's bad. It's bad. It's made me not want to rewatch it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched it when I was a kid, but it, and it has a second life eight. now. Uh, it has a second life now of people who who watch it to laugh at it because it's so right so bad because it's so bad mm -hmm. so bad yeah. it's good is where that that term applies very well i think yeah it was uh they were trying to franchise that christmas movie kind of genre they were they were trying to put it on everything and it just didn't work with star wars like yeah well isn't it kind of a variety show it's like it's like different characters singing songs and you know right i don't know doing stuff it's not yeah. very star warsy it's just star wars right. costumes it's costumes and characters doing yeah. like plays right you know like little skits and shit yeah it didn't it it didn't work it's not the way they should have done it if they were gonna do it right but mm -hmm. I always took it that star wars was in a time where god and jesus and shit didn't exist like that wasn't a thing like you know they got the force that's that's what the overall you know being is is the force the force no the source yeah you know it's uh yeah I, that's i've never been a huge star wars fan that's probably why i never you know, took the time to see that Christmas special back then when it was when it was passing around in the underground. But I see there being some pretty deep, pretty deep symbolism in, in that Star Wars franchise. Oh, yeah. Well, if nothing else, just uh, just pushing propaganda and truth, though, maybe. Yeah, because what if there are other lands where everybody is not human but is some sort of humanoid well if there's truth you know? in it they're obscuring it by showing it as this idea if there's truth like you're talking about bob they're obscuring it by showing uh these planets in death star yeah, making it all fantastic. space travel and all that kind of stuff but i think you're probably getting at the idea of 
you know, lands outer, outside of outer lands of, of yeah. our little ring of existence that we live in here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very possibly that there could be other humanoid beings outside of our realm. And that's, that's kind of what they're nodding at, but then they're fantasizing it with space and just like misdirection you know and then you make the whole thing just fantasy yeah well matt uh you asked us but you didn't say what's your what's your favorite in the in the christmas music realm i'm a big like i don't know i like the older more instrumental christmas music so okay like a like a chuck berry um into the i like the old elvis christmas music uh Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm into that kind of stuff. Not really the the modern. I, I really, it's funny because the day after thank uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, I'm heading back to Mass with my son. He goes, Dad, can we put some Christmas music on? I'm like, Well, the only thing that's got it is the oldie station. He's like, Cool, even better. So we pop it on, we leave it on. And I'm like, Oh, dude, we were jamming out the whole way, and it, my car's been on there ever since. Oh, and, that's great. Uh, nice. It's just, it's all old Christmas music, man. And it's the, the kind of stuff that, like, really just, it's relaxing. You know, mm-hmm. it's that it feels like it's tuned right, that it hits you in the soul where you're just, it calms you. You know, it's, it's that reassuring music. Like I said before, one of my favorite things to do in the winter is, you know, if it's snowing out, just open up the the shades, throw the Christmas lights on, and sit there and enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's here that Jingle Bells was actually a Thanksgiving themed song, not a Christmas song. Really, I can yeah, see that. Supposedly, was a song that was sung around Christmas. Be- I mean, around Thanksgiving because there was a there was a race in like Connecticut or Massachusetts, somewhere in the Northeast, that. Um, had these one horse sleigh races around Thanksgiving. And so it was a song celebrating that. And it wasn't until Bing Crosby sang it oh. as a Christmas song that it became a Christmas song. So were jingle bells themselves, the, the bells, were they not so much of a thing associated with Christmas before that? Or was that something, Ooh, was it just a winter time thing? Cause I don't know what I actually know, but my brain wants to say that I think that jingle bells are associated with sleigh rides, right? You know, like you can, right. you hear them on the horses. It was a way, you know, to allow people to know that you're coming in the in the quiet snow, right? Because your horses aren't going to be making noises and stuff like that. So maybe jingle bells was just something throughout all the snow period when you when you ditched the wheels and went on a sled, you threw the jingle bells on to kind of allow other travelers to know that you were there yeah you're not right. gonna have headlights or anything so anybody can see you they got to be able to right. hear you know you're coming and if it's you if know? you got good snowfall all that insulation you know shit gets real quiet when it's really snowy out you know so if there's two two horse and buggies coming and they're going fast and they're on a skinny trail you know they, it's probably it was probably a, a a necessary piece of safety equipment back then yeah so it's not necessarily a christmasy thing it's just a cold cold as shit thing because yeah i think i'm trying i'm thinking about the lyrics i don't know all the extended lyrics but there's no mention of christmas in the basic lyrics at all right it's just about it's about sledding with jingle bells which yeah. we all associate with santa's sleigh as well you know that's a that's a big part with the reindeer and all of that yeah 
So I, I buy it. I buy that right off. <laughs> There's plenty of yeah, room for that. Not to not be ta- they're talking about singing slaying songs. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not right. even talking about singing Christmas songs. It's just singing slaying songs tonight. So yeah, yeah. the more I think about it. Yeah, you're right, Chad. Yeah. It's like a There's winter no song of Christmas in it or even just snow cold, cold weather song. It's not a, it's yeah. Not cause a... you usually up here, I mean, we don't have snow in Thanksgiving. I mean, you have to go almost up to near, you know, Canada, Vermont, Maine to get snow in Thanksgiving. And maybe that's where, where that song comes from. Yeah. You know, maybe that was more of a, a Canadian or, or, you know, near the border exactly type places. where, yeah. But, of course, yeah. I'm right here on the border, and we don't have anything like snow. If we ever have snow at Thanksgiving, it's not sticking around till Christmas. That's for sure. Well, what's crazy is as a as a kid, it was fifty fifty. We go up to my grandparents every year uh, for Thanksgiving, and they lived uh, upstate New York, right on the border of Canada. And it'd be fifty fifty if we got a snowstorm every year. And mm-hmm. then my my grandparents passed early two thousands, and then after them, we stopped going up as much. But you know talk to the cousins or whatever and saying they don't get snow up there anymore in November. Every now and then they'll get a, you know, a storm here or there, but they used to have snow in Thanksgiving. Now, not anymore. Right. Must be that old climate change or weather manipulation or both. (laughs) Yeah. Here it's been crazy, man. The, The weather fluctuations have been insane and it's, it's gotten colder earlier this year and then it gets hot and then it'll be like 80 yeah and it's just like what the fuck this it was 60 here yesterday in december which Ooh. is insane average average on a warm day it's mid 40s yeah you know so yeah it's strange and we got pounded with rain yesterday rain and winds i woke up at uh like 4 32 i thought it was like somebody crashed outside my house, but it was a huge tree had crashed down in the road. So I'm out there at like five 30. I got up at five, was out, out of the house by five 30. And I'm like, fuck, I got to move this thing now. Cause it's across the street and I'm in like a podunk town. So I can't, it's not like I can call, you know, the town and have them come out. Right. And move. They'll be like, go pounds, you know? Yeah. So I got out there and moved this fucking tree. And I was so scared because my neighbors are like down a hill a little bit and he's got a fence. So if I rolled it too far, this thing's just going to barrel roll and just go right through his fence into his yard. So I I got it over on the side of the road just enough. And I'm like, I, I call, I called the sheriff on the way in and I'm like, Hey man, I'm like, just let you know, there's a big stick on our road. You might want to send somebody out to chop it up eventually. He's like, Oh, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Yeah, here they just leave them on the side of the road. They don't ever clean them up. Oh, they take them here and they make them into wood chips and then they sell them. Yeah, they don't here, man. They just leave them on the side of the road. It's the craziest shit. I am pretty much the exclusive cleaner of my road. I live on a small dead end road and people will drive around shit for days if it's left there. But I'm always in a pickup truck. If a branch comes down, I just throw it in the back, throw it on my burn pile when I get home. Right. Same thing with roadkill and stuff like that. I feel like, I don't know, this is my home. I, even though it's my road, even though it's a county property out there or whatever, you know, it's like, I don't know. I like keeping, I like keeping my, my, right. my general area looking nice. Yeah, absolutely. But, all right. Well, gentlemen, do you guys have any other, um, 
specific Christmas recommendations for listeners or anything before we wrap up here? Man, just enjoy it. Just I've got notice today that I got next week off. We're we're not going to work next week. So I was like, all right, well, cool. Well, that's kind of good timing uh, for you with everything happening in your life right, right now. Right. Yeah, right. You could probably so, use a little extra time. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. I'm I'm all right with it. Uh, so just enjoy the time with family most, man. That's all I want people to remember about. That's this what time it comes down to. Spend time yeah. with your family, love your family, hug everyone yeah. a little tighter. We're, we're supposed to be in our houses bundled together, you know. It's cold. We're supposed to be just yeah. really all together. It's so. uh part part of all that I was talking about with the sun going down and, and all of that kind of stuff. I really think that this is the time where we we hunker down, we stay indoors, we be with our family. This is the time, this is lumping this all with New Year's. Like I think New Year's re- resolutions. I think that's something deeper than having to do with our calendar and the New Year's. I think it's more that this is the time where we stop and we examine ourselves and we be at home and together and we think about what we're going to do next year and we start making our plans for the next year and then those start getting implemented more like around april 1st but you know it's where you start start planning your year and start being but this is the time to just be be quiet be with your family watch some christmas movies listen to some music have some hot cocoa i'm looking forward we uh we used a freeze dryer for a little while this year this summer we borrowed one for about a month. We freeze dried a bunch of marshmallows Ooh. and I'm going to try those in hot cocoa. And I have a feeling they're going to be fucking dope. Wow. I, I ate the first one when they came out and I was like, Oh, this is how lucky charms are made. It tastes like a lucky charms marshmallow now. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet they're going to be so dope in some hot chocolate. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, because that's what it's all about, man. Honestly, it's it's like it's the little things this time of year that make the difference. Like I didn't realize it, but my, you know, I took a couple years off after I got divorced from Christmas. Like I just wasn't feeling it. I was in a, a shitty spot in, you know, physically, literally and mentally. And I'm like, ah, just not feeling it. Last year, my son and I were like, you know what, let's let's do a Christmas tree again. He's like, all right, cool. So we went, picked it up, brought it home. We went out, bought all decorations, lights, the whole deal. And and did it, and, you know, not thinking anything of it. And then he comes home from school around Christmas time, and he's got a, you know, he, something he wrote up, and it was a whole little story about how much it meant to him to have a Christmas tree and do a Christmas tree again, you know. And it's just these little things like that mm-hmm. that that mean the most to to your kids, you know. And this is what it's really about. It's time for you, like you were saying, Chad, be with family, but it's mainly time spent with the kids, you know. Yes, great memories with your children. You know, like you said, get ready for the year that's coming up, you know, when you can be outdoors, but enjoy it, man. It goes by too fast and we take a lot of stuff for granted and and we shouldn't because it's it's really a beautiful thing we get to do. Absolutely. And you reminded me there. I want to I want to brag for one second before we get out of here of that. This was the third year in a row that I've gone out to my own woods and brought back a Christmas tree. Nice. Hell yeah. That's fucking awesome. you want to talk about the little things that Dude. are big things <laughs> that Dude, means so much to me and it's not a typical christmas tree it's a cedar tree i climbed up a cedar and just topped off the eight, the top eight feet or so i had to cut it down more to get it in uh so it's not very full 
it's it's lopsided it's not beautiful but it's it's our it's our same woods it's ours it's from here i have no worries about my my three-year-old like chewing on that not that he's chewing on stuff like that anymore but you know like it's it's 100 percent a part of this whole thing the only thing i think would be better is if i was um i kind of want to get a pine tree going in a big ass pot that i'll keep for like five years bring it in every christmas take it back out until it's big enough and then put that that sucker in the ground that's my that's my next goal but that takes a little more planning than oh shit christmas is almost here let me climb up a tree and cut something down (laughs) i started helping my neighbor this summer with he's got he's got a little patch of land in my yard well it's not my yard or where our yards meet and he's like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna start a christmas tree farm over here i'm like all right dude if you need a hand let's do it so we laid it all out and, you know, planted, I think it was about probably about 60 trees this summer. And they're, you know, they're only about two feet high right now, but he's like, yeah, give it a couple of years and we'll have some Christmas trees on our hand. I'm like, awesome, man. I'm like, my goal is to one day cut one of those, uh, have Jordan cut it down, my son and bring it in and we'll put it right in here. He's like, yep. Sounds good. And you know, about a half mile from here, maybe closer to a mile, there is a, there was a Christmas tree farm been there my whole life that got sold last year and i was asking people if they they were still doing christmas trees and they're like no haven't you driven by i drove by the new owners tore up i mean must have been 200 200 fir and pine trees and now they've it's planted with grass it's just a big pasture now which you know it's fine they're they're raising grass-fed beef there you know they're not bad people but i'm going fuck man that was like a, that was a, a for, if you just let that go, that would have yeah. been an amazing forest in 50 years from now. Imagine what that right. would have been, but yeah. I don't know. It's all part of, all part of the culture and society we live in today. We got to utilize the space for what we want and whoever purchased it, that's what they wanted to do. So well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right, Merry gentlemen. Merry Christmas guys. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. And I will bid you all adieu. Later. Thank you.
Jesus fetus, Santa dogs at Jesus fetus, Santa dogs at Jesus fetus, there's no presence, there's no presence in the future. In the future.